the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a few minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. Down to 25. A lot of clouds tonight. And tomorrow, you'll never guess. Looks like snow. Much of the day. 31 the high, 48 inches expected. Of course, that'll vary depending where you are. And then kind of spilling over a bit into Friday. They have some sleet along the way. Be careful. Take your time. Friday's high, 36. Sixers are home against Houston uh, tonight, 730. They've lost three in a row. Trying to get back on track. Still in first place in the East by a game over Brooklyn. Flyers are supposed to be home tomorrow night against the Rangers at 7, but between the COVID stuff they've been dealing with and tomorrow night's weather, I'm not so sure that'll be happening. Uh, You know, a lot has been happening in the last 24 hours. And uh, today, going to be an interesting show of sorts. In a good way, I think. Um... Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Maybe we can start the program off just reading a little bit from uh, God's Word here. As you may have heard in the top of the hour news about Rush Limbaugh's passing, and for those who are familiar in the Christian music world, Carmen uh, passed away also yesterday. And um, I was on a Zoom call earlier today after the 76ers had their basketball shoot-around in the morning, Dwight Howard was the guest, uh, you know, and every day they bring a different player on. And his grandmother passed away on Monday at age 97. So um, it brings a lot of scriptures to mind. But before we get into the show here, I just want to read this from Ecclesiastes 3, which you're familiar with. Remember, the birds had a song called Turn, Turn, Turn years ago. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And then it goes on from there. Uh, Certainly, there are times to be born and a time to die. And if you listen to WFIL, we hope that the uh, station, the programs we have on the station uh, help you in that 
the journey, as it were. And that in the end, most importantly, you know where you're heading. And so I want to just begin the program by stating, I want to encourage you, as we talk about often John 3.16, for God so loved the world, which would mean Rush Limbaugh, which would mean Carmelo Dominic Licardello, a.k.a. Carmen, for God so loved Dwight Howard's grandmother, I think her name was Gussie, and your name too, fill in the blank, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And Scripture says the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So it's right before you. If you listen to the radio station any length of time, you will hear that to you. I would suggest to you that it's more than an invitation. It's actually a command. It's a command of God to repent and to come back, come to him. Now, you don't have to, but it is a command. So rather than it becomes like an option among many, you know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus doesn't say, I am a way, a truth, a life, like an option, but do whatever you feel like. Don't confuse the two. You have the freedom and the ability to do different things. But uh, there is one way, according to Jesus himself. So be encouraged by that, and it's there for you, and that God's love is for you. And so um, as we start the show off today, we have a lot to cover in our, in our time together. So I want to take a quick break. And then I want to bring on board several different guests today to cover all the different things going on, including the passing of Rush Hudson Limbaugh III, otherwise known as Rush Limbaugh, passing at age 70, around Chris DeGaulle from our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990. The Answer, conservative news talk, is going to join us, and we'll have him on the program to share a little bit about his, uh, you know, his thoughts on Rush. We also have several other guests lined up to kind of weave in and out of things, and I actually have an interview with Carmen from about 20 years back. Uh, he's from Trenton, New Jersey, and um, has a lot of influence in the Christian music world and beyond, uh, if you're familiar with it. In fact, if you have, happen to have a favorite Carmen song or a memory, feel free to text that in to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. We'll get to all these things and more. It's Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in today at WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 411, The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for tuning in today. You may have heard the news that Rush Limbaugh passed away, age 70, and I thought, who better to pull into the studio before he makes it out of the office for the day? Our morning guy in our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, Chris DeGaulle, who I actually had the pleasure of uh, producing his program this past Monday when his producer, Fast Eddie, was out. Uh, Chris joining in to share a little bit about uh, Rush. Hey, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, it's much, it's much less work for me to show up and do this here than what you were doing for me. So thank you for your help earlier in the week. Well, that was fun. Chris is on Philadelphia's uh, AM 990, The Answer, weekday 6 till 9, conservative news talk. And uh, you can catch him there as a podcast, a lot of other stuff, too, and had a chance to produce the program for him on Monday of this week. But I just want to pull you in the studio for a minute before you head out for the day. I just had seen that Rush Limbaugh passed away. Yeah. And uh, just your thoughts on uh, your thoughts on him, what he meant to the, the whole genre of talk radio and everything else. Yeah, it's it's almost difficult to quantify. Uh, I would say, you know, some some people think it's an overstatement. Talk radio existed certainly before Rush and will exist after, but 
what he did to revolutionize the format. I mean, what he kind of invented. Uh, AM talk radio, as we knew it, was largely, uh, you know, sports talk guys and uh, pop psychologists. And uh, there there was really no politics to be found, really, like Rush was doing. So he kind of yeah. created this genre. And he actually, uh, interestingly, he got his start in Kansas City, where I come from. Really? He's a Missourian. He's actually in the Missouri Hall of Fame. He's in the okay. famous Missourians Hall of Fame. Um, but, yeah, got a start in Kansas City and uh, was in Pittsburgh for a time, went to Sacramento, and then ended up becoming a nationally syndicated phenomenon. But his anchoring in that midday slot from noon to 3 Eastern or 11 to, what would that be, 11 two. to 2 Central yeah. for a lot of people, um, that wound up being kind of the crown jewel of the broadcast day for a lot of talk radio stations all over the country. And then they built lineups all around them, of which I was a part. Really? Yeah. What was the first time you came across either his program or did you, and did you ever get to meet him? Or Yeah. I actually, I did a podcast today about this. Um, so I, I won't bore, if people want to go hear it, they can go sure. hear it. But it's a long, it's a long-winded story. But I'll, I'll say this. I had never, when I started in talk radio, my dream was to be, at least be on a Rush affiliate. Because if you were on a Rush, I mean, Rush just pulled for talk radio huge ratings. Yeah. And you just were going to win if you were on the Rush station. All ships rise with the Rush tide. That's right. So I <laughs> wanted to be on a Rush affiliate. And so when I was hired to come to Philadelphia, that's where I was hired, to come oh. be on a Rush affiliate. And yes. so my first opportunity to ever meet Rush happened to be when they were going to launch my show here in Philadelphia. They brought Rush in to do a live show with listeners. And my wife and I got off the plane in Philadelphia, which landed late, and the bags came late, and the traffic made us late. <laughs> and I'm dragging Christine through Center City, Philadelphia. I'm just dragging her. Just, I can't, you know, and I, I've never even been to town. Yeah. I'm trying to get backstage to the Kimmel Center to meet Rush. That's all I'm trying to do. Just, just I, 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 don't, I don't know anyone. I've never been to this town. Yeah. I've never had a minute on this job. I, I just, I'm going to meet Rush finally. And uh, pleasantries and being intercepted by new station staff. Oh, you're the new morning guy. I just I don't get out of the way. <laughs> I'm here to meet. Get st- Finally, somebody takes me to the back. Uh, we run down a hall, and and just as I get to the green room door, his security guys say, "Sorry, folks, he needs a couple of minutes because it was just about showtime. He'd been greeting a bunch of people, and you, he needed you, a couple of minutes." You're having swept me your forehead and <laughs> armpits are soaked. I'm just, I'm just oh, yeah, and I literally wave at him as his. Green door closes. Green room door closes, and 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 that was wow. That was it. So I didn't ever get to meet him. But <laughs> oh man, two years later, um, stupidly, our radio station dropped his show for a while. Not dropped, lost. Yeah, another station picked it up. We got him back a couple of years later, and so when we got him back, the one and only time I ever got to interact with him was when they they said, "Well, we're relaunching Rush here, uh, and they're providing him for an interview. Do you want to do it?" Okay. Tim, in my life, I have, I've interviewed, I've had the privilege of interviewing a lot of folks. That's the most nervous I've ever been in my life. I bet. He's, he's, he's my hero. I mean, he's my broadcasting hero. And, you know, I don't know how, who in your life is a hero, you know, professionally speaking. Sure. But uh, for me, he's, he's it. He's the, he's the gold standard. And it's, I mean, we knew he was sick. He's been battling lung cancer. He announced it a year ago. And so it's remarkable. I mean, he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer a year ago this month. Yeah. 
70, so he's been going through some extensive treatment for a while um, and really hung on, but sadly lost his battle. But, you know, it's Ash Wednesday, and <laughs> I, I think there's some poetry to that. He really, toward the end, he really testified about God's grace and, and waking up every day was a blessing. He, he didn't take that for granted. He actually talked about it. I, I was really pleased he started to share a little more testimony in his last broadcast days, which he mm. didn't do a lot. And I was glad. I know his brother has written some beautiful Christian books. Interesting. David Limbaugh is worth a read for any of you in the audience that okay. want to read some great Christian literature. His brother David. Uh, but yeah, I know where Russia is, and and uh, he knew the love of Christ, and and that makes me feel very very good on this Ash Wednesday, even though this is very sad news personally. I must say. Sure, I bet. Yeah. Chris Tegall, kind enough to st- stand in the studio here for a second just to share. I, you know, it's funny. The first time I ever heard him. I was working State College, Penn, you know, Penn State, mm-hmm. at, a top, at a top 40 music station, and we had an AM uh, counterpart, News Talk. Yeah. And I remember hearing for the first, who is this guy? The EIB <laughs> Network? Excellence? He's calling everybody ditto heads, mega dittos. This is 1990. Well, you know what was so great about the guy was he used to say, and people used to take it as arrogance, and actually that was what was his trick, was he, he sounded to people who didn't like his politics, they'd say, oh, he's so arrogant. He would say things like, talent on loan from, from God. God. <laughs> yeah, right. And I never heard arrogance. I loved the – I heard reverence in that. I loved that. That's a very – and he would explain from time to time, no, that's not an arrogant – that's a very reverential statement if you actually think about it. Sure. Talent on loan from God. He's right. acknowledging it. I loved that. But people would say, what, does he think he's God? That's, no, it's not. <laughs> but the way he would say it made yeah. people think that's what he was saying. Was one tan- what was the one hand tied behind my back? Just to make it fair. Just to make it fair. Yeah. <laughs> I remember these, this is like 30 years ago, oh, I remember. He irritated people with that stuff? <laughs> of course, he never, he didn't really mean it. The bravado was all shtick. Yeah. But it just drove people nuts. And I, it hypnotized me. I mean, I was a DJ for a long time. Before I ever got into talk radio, and when I heard him, I didn't start listening to talk radio after nine eleven. And he was who I zeroed in on yeah. to just kind of make sense of the world. And I never looked back after I heard him and that. And I was like, "Well, that's it. That's what I want to do." Yeah. Well, yeah. we're glad to have you on uh, on the uh, Philadelphia's AM nine ninety The Answer uh, team. And uh, folks can check out Chris Tegall six to nine weekdays and the podcast story that uh, has the the rush story. That's the at christagall.com. Yeah, it's a long blubbery about 20 minutes of just raw emotion just after finding out about it. So if you want to listen to the weepy version of what I just said, you can listen to that. That's it's, good. That's the Hallmark version at christagall.com. That's great. All right, we'll let you get out of here because tomorrow's coming. We've got a storm coming tomorrow, too. That'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Go get the bre- bread and milk or whatever it is. Right. What are you uh, the ashes today? That's it. Oh, yeah, that's it. Well, thank you. It's Chris DeGaul. Again, uh, Morning Guy 6 to 9, Philadelphia's Morning Answer. Uh, weekdays 6 till 9. Quick break. Come back with more on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL, Tim DeMoss Show rolling along. And, you know, sometimes you can miss things right under your nose. Really? Ted Winkler. Hi, guys. joins, (laughs) Joins the program today. Ted's a guy you've 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 heard his voice on the radio station. Oh, about twenty eight years. Yeah, twenty eight. All wow. kinds of capacities. Mm, you're not kidding. I was going to ask you how long. Twenty eight years. Yeah. Uh huh. How'd you first come across uh, working here? Yeah. Well, I was uh, you know in between jobs. I left Trenton uh, back in '93, and uh, yeah, I saw this article in 
believe it or not, Philadelphia Inquirer. Okay. A new Christian station looking for announcers, etc. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to go check it out. So I took a tape up to, uh, up to uh, you know. Uh, over in Franklin Way, as a matter of fact. Not too far from here. No, where it was no. Just, yeah, getting going at the time. Right. And uh, I was tested. And he read, here, here, read this. So I read the copy. Yeah. And he says, oh, you've been around the block a few times. Yeah. He says, I'll get in touch with you. Okay. And who would that have been? Would that, have uh, been... that was... Uh, Let's see. Was it, Mark, well, it wasn't Mark Daniels. No, no. Okay. No, I was in here uh, before before, before him. Okay. Yeah. So Mark Daniels, folks will know, has been on this radio station for many years, had a program in this slot for mm-hmm. a lot of years, and was here almost a quarter century. It sounds so long to say that, but he yeah. just left a few years ago. Um, and, and WFIL and WNTP 990 came under the same roof with Salem, I think, in November of 93, roughly around then? Roughly, at uh, 94, 94, I would say. 94. So you had come on board just before that happened, uh-huh. and then have been and, here ever and since. And ever since, ever since. So I've, folks will know your voice from overnight, for sure. Right. But you did other shifts, too, right? Uh, Over the years? Well, like, A shift or two? A shift, maybe. Maybe okay. a shift A different two. time slot? Did you ever do the morning time? Or uh, No, I didn't do mornings. Uh, I think it was afternoon. Okay. I've done those. Okay. And so folks will know that. They'll, of course, they'll hear your voice on the different programs. Right. Uh, they'll do like the tags or something like that and the promos that we run. Oh, yeah. And your main your main stuff is uh, caring for the programs. Yeah, that's right. I take care of them, make sure they get on the air and they sound good. Yeah. That's my important thing. Yeah. Well, folks, you know, they, they'll call in or they'll email about how much in touch charles stanley or oh, yes. focus in the family or joe foch and, and calvary chapel and all those different programs right? you know when uh, i told you that uh, i enjoy listening to real radio uh, jack hibbs yes at 9 a.m yes mm-hmm. i love that i love the style of as a as a procedure you yes know? i love it yeah well so ted's ted's here every day and he uh he does all these different roles and wear these hats, but I like let's get Ted in here because it's your birthday today. Thank so, you. So happy birthday to you! Thank you. I heard there was a big party in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some pizza at least and some donuts. That that, that yeah, goes pretty far. That does. Um, before when you mentioned that before here, you said you left Trenton. You were doing radio for how long before coming to WFIL? Eleven years. Okay, so this has really been your whole thing yeah. for most mm-hmm. of your life. Um, I began a career out in uh, Rockford, Illinois. It was an FM. Now, okay. usually you start in an AM and you go to FM. Yes. Me, it's just the opposite. Okay. And, and what kind of station was it? It was a dull contemporary, WYBR. Oh, okay. you'll love it. Uh, let me, can, may I yeah, tell? Sure. What it's like? It was located in a shopping mall. And you know you're nervous when you're behind a mic for the first time sure so no no news at the top of the hour from abc so i had to do a rip and read off the teletype like I had to the, go, the satellite was down or something and the feed wasn't the there? feed wasn't there so, okay so i had to go turn on the, the uh, teletype and out came you know some news spots and well i did that and it's tough when you're doing that and you're nervous but you have people watching you, <laughs> yeah. You know, and sure. uh, WYBR. It was cute setup. It was on the ground floor, and you follow a little yellow brick road, YBR, through uh-huh. under an um, uh, co- uh, entrance was a rainbow, huh. and it had the call letters above it lit, and it had painted scenery of Jim uh, Munchkin Land, and you had the little wooden bridge you went over with the pond. Wow. Yeah. They really did it up. Uh, oh, yeah. Then you go in the back, and there's it's all painted green, 
and they had a, like a mirror ball slow, slowly going. Yeah. And it was there is the Emerald City, automated, automated. It was a uh, wow. Yeah, it was it was great. So that was at the very beginning. Were you where were you born? Were you born out Philly? There? Philly. Okay, but mm-hmm. then you went there, and then you came back. Right, and I worked at WTTM. That's in Trenton. Right, Trenton okay. takes the world makes. <laughs> So, and now, uh, folks just tuning in, Ted Winkler is our guest. Ted has been at uh, WFAL for close to 28 or 28 plus years now. Yes, Somewhere 28. Mm-hmm. So he's done uh, a lot of the, uh, you'll hear him overnight. You'll hear him uh, on some of the program or the promos, the, the tags as we call them, and does a lot of things associated with the programs you hear on the radio station to help get the programs on the air and make sure everything's organized and all that. Um, and just talking a little background because today's his birthday, I thought that'd be fun to have you in here. And people hear, it occurs to me, people hear the voices you know, different capacities. Right. It'd be, you know, so you get a chance to get to know you a little bit. Um, uh, long overdue, I'm sure. Um, but then, so the, the interviews you mentioned, or I was going to say, you've, you've probably had a chance over the years also to have some fun interviews. Oh, yeah, Anybody through the years. Anybody come to mind that you uh, liked the most or was the most fun or interesting? I had Tommy DeVito of the Four Seasons, you know, because I love oldies and I love the Four Seasons sound. Okay. And I had Tommy DeVito and Nick Massey, if anybody's seen the Jersey Boys, yes, it's those two. Yes. And Tommy, it's sad to say, had passed because of COVID-19. Huh. And this, the really sad part was he called me on the phone, cell phone, and left a message that uh, I'm going my on my way to the hospital and uh, I'll talk to you when he gets out that's the last i've heard of him wow that was so sometime in the last mm-hmm. whatever number of months yeah in the past few months wow and it's sad his wife passed away about a week or two before now i don't know wow. what she died from to be honest with sure. you sure but i know he went with covid 19 okay so those guys from the four seasons mm-hmm. and then anybody else that you were interviews part of your WTTM time? Or? I was, uh, let's see, I have the Dupree's, Mike Arnone. Sure. You know, You Belong, you belong to, me. to Me. is a great song. I love uh, The Sand in the Sea. I don't know if you've heard that, but it's a beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. I've had the interviews with him. Joe Terry of Danny and the Juniors. Oh, fun. At the Hop and all oh, those yeah. songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I've met, uh, interview, met, not interview, but I did meet Mrs. Ernie Kovacs. Uh, that is... Uh, his wife was an actress, too. Okay. And, so, you know, I, I got a closeness with Ernie because he worked, I sat in the proverbial morning seat at WTTM where yeah. he sat in his shtick. Yeah. You wow, know? it's a lot. It's fun. You know, yeah. you, you live long enough, too. You mentioned Trenton. Uh, you, we were just talking a little earlier today. Uh, Carmen, who you're familiar with. Right. Carmen um, uh, was born in Trenton. Mm-hmm. And he just passed yeah. away, I guess, in the last day or so. And, yeah, uh, well, that's the first I've heard of it. You mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just found out uh, like late last night. My brother texted me, and then I'm looking on Facebook. What's interesting about Carmen is the respect level he had. Uh, I have I have a lot of friends on Facebook who are Christian musicians from all kinds of walks of life, like hard rock and mm-hmm. pop and adult contemporary, and they all have some kind of connection to him and a lot of respect for him. Right. So you know, it's a life well lived when you can. Right. And you, have you when you told me that he had passed, I said, "Hey, isn't his record hanging up?" Yeah, in the wall on the wall here. That's it. That's yeah. really true. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> well, Ted, it's good to have you in. Happy birthday again! Thank you. You still have some time. With your, what's for? Di- you know, what's for dinner? Do you get to put a birthday request in for dinner or anything? Mm, no, I don't know, and I don't even know if the kids are coming over. You know, be- okay. because of the situation. Yeah. and you know, it's okay. 
I'd just go home. Watch your Put movies. my feet up. Yes, watch my old movies. Yeah. I love old movies. <laughs> well, and you did that as a side note, right? That's kind of fun. Uh, oh, yeah, projectionist at the AMC in the Chamonix, which is, uh, I think, closed now. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that was a dream fulfilled. It was a childhood dream when I was uh, 16. Oh, no, 10. I'm sorry, 10 years old. You wanted to do that. I wanted to do that. And yep. so for a few years, right, while you were between, yeah, was it, it with was, radio, concurrent with radio? Or? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was, I was working here overnights and yeah. i worked three days monday wednesday and friday at the theater so you would leave the station and then go right. to the theater put the big reels on the machines back yeah mm -hmm. yep okay and uh, not only that but i maintain them you know in a, in the sense that i clean them up and change the bulb change the oil yeah. They're my babies. <laughs> that's, that's what I call them. Well, that's just the folks that ted winkler uh, hanging out with us for a few minutes today he uh that's another one of the things kind of un unofficial but that you you know tinker mm -hmm. and have you know, always kind of like an unofficial engineer in the sense right. you've been around long enough you certainly know a lot but also whoever's the official engineer for the station you have that's like a ho hobby serious hobby in a way right yeah you, you love doing mm -hmm. that yeah that, it's, uh, it works hand in hand with uh, what i do as a novelty is a uh, ham radio yeah oh wow I talk about talk okay. to the people around the world oh yeah i've talked to yeah uh let's see russia uh, Ukraine, uh, just about all of Europe. Wow! I tried to get to Japan, but no, that's a little too far. Okay. But I did talk to them, and I log them in a book. Maybe if you talk louder. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe crank it up. Go get illegal. <laughs> crank funny. it up. Yeah, yeah, right. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Well, so that, you'll hear Ted's voice every now and again on the station on all sorts of capacities. He's been with the station for 28 years, and uh, just wishing you a happy birthday. Glad you could... Yes. Hey, it's a pleasure being here. Some people take their day, their birthday off, but Ted's like, nope, no, nope. I like the routine. I like coming in. Yeah, that's it. I'm here Yeah. at AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. How'd you like it? <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> All right. Ted Winkler, I guess. Quick break. We'll come back and keep things rolling. You'll listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 435 on the Tim DeMoss Show. A lot of clouds this evening, low 25. Snow coming our way. Good chunk of tomorrow. 48 inches at last count. 31 the high, 36 the high for Friday. May have some sleet mixed in there as well, so take it easy. Got the Sixers trying to get back on track against Houston tonight. They're home at 7.30. Sixers have lost three in a row. Portland, Phoenix, and Utah all defeating them on their uh, road trip. However, those are three very good teams, and the Sixers still do have the best record in the East by a game over Brooklyn. So all is not lost. Was on a Zoom call earlier today with Dwight Howard of the Sixers, and he was asked about... Uh, you know, how do you get back into the mix uh, you know, on the winning side of things? Uh, just one game at a time. You know, we had some uh, really tough games on the road. Uh, a lot of uh, things that we had to face uh, as players, you know, away from the game. So that kind of, you know, took into effect in a lot of games we had on the road, whether it be injuries, personal reasons, stuff like that. Um, but just one game. You know, we just need to win one game. And that's, that's tonight. That's the game we got to focus on. 
Um, we can't focus on what happened in those last uh, three losses. Uh, we played against some real good quality teams, and I think that uh, because of that, you know, we learned uh, some valuable lessons as a team, and I think it's going to carry carry over until tonight and also for the rest of the season. That's Dwight Howard of the Sixers on that Zoom call early today. Flyers supposed to be home tomorrow night against the Rangers at 7. Victoria, how you doing so far during our fine broadcast today? I'm doing well. We've had a lot going on. Chris DeGaulle joining us around Ted Winkler as well. Yes, we have. And so we're setting a record for most uh, Salem employees in one broadcast. <laughs> you and me, makes four already. Right. We can maybe jam a couple more in here before it's done. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, you were listening, really listening to Dwight Howard, uh, folks just tuning in. Uh, Victoria has been uh, relatively new to the team, uh, produced the program, and has a background in sports, too. It was with the Eagles for a while, which is a lot of fun for you. And, yes, I was. Yeah. Yes, a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it was the season before I tell people before they want it all. But it was <laughs> it was still great to be there in the, the season before, and it was the same players and coaches. Yeah, so as soon as you left, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Wow, nice work by yeah, you. I, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I brought some luck. <laughs> well, Possibly. But so it's kind of fun about you. You enjoy the, the sports world, and uh, part of what you do is you know kind of cut up audio and things like that. So uh, after the Zoom call today, you're going through the Dwight Howard conversation. There's some interesting stuff you had to say, huh? Yeah, it was kind of a sad, you know, presser to listen to because anytime you uh, lose a family member, uh, I, I think it's a little hard to talk about. But yeah. uh, he seemed to have uh, some some nice memories that he shared and uh, tried to take the positives out out of it. And um, yeah. You know, talked about his spirituality a little bit, which was nice. Yeah. So Dwight Howard, uh, you know, was with a bunch of teams and, you know, played with Orlando, yes. played with the Lakers last year. Won, won a, a ring. Won a championship. And so on the Zoom call today, the, the after the morning shoot around, the Sixers provide a player to, you never know really who it's going to be. And today is Dwight Howard. But he actually, on Monday, had this great game, even though the Sixers lost against Utah. And um, at, at the beginning of the press conference, they're talking a little basketball, but People, the reporters are actually kind of just nipping in a little bit and saying, could you let us know kind of what what was going on? And so he let it out during the press conference today that his grandmother had passed away, age 97. And so Victoria was able to put some of these clips together. I just want to – I thought, you know, this kind of fits what we're talking about today. Chris Stegall joined us at the top of the hour talking about Rush Limbaugh's passing, uh, which just happened. And um, uh, we also have coming up an interview I had – from 20 years ago with Carmen, the Christian music singer who passed away uh, just yesterday, I believe it was. And so, you know, it's part of life, right? I mean, it's not natural, not a natural part of life. That's what we're hoping for. We weren't created to die. Uh, I remember a pastor sharing about that. It says that people say it's natural. No, it, it happens, but it wasn't how it was supposed to be. Thankfully, we have a Savior, as described in Scripture, uh, to offer, you know, Jesus himself, who who offered himself for us so that we don't have to uh, die when our bodies go. We we are able to go on and be in heaven uh, and it's a, and be with him. Uh, in any case, so this, you know, and I found this out today. I was like, wow, it's all kind of, <laughs> I guess, you know, a lot to, we can share together along this, this theme, if you will. Um, and so anyway, just for a little fun, because this also gives you um, – insight in the fact that you know the ball players you would know this but the, but they're human too right they're playing ball they, they they make a good amount of money they have a lot of fame but they're human beings too and dwight howard has shown that side of himself before here's him talking about his grandmother and victoria is it gussie or bessie or jesse i couldn't quite do you remember i it was gussie gussie with a g okay all right yeah. so so here's dwight howard talking about his grandmother passed away uh just a few days ago at age 97 oh and it was gussie patrick howard she was from, uh, she lived in Midville, Georgia. 
but uh, you know, she resided in Swainsboro, Georgia, very small town. Uh, my mom and my dad live three houses down from each other. Uh, so both of my grandparents are super close. Families were always uh, tight-knitted. Like I said, she was 97 years old. She watched all my games. Favorite saying was grad day. She used to always say grad day. Like, oh, grad day. Something like that. But she really enjoyed watching me play. Last time I visited her, uh, last summer before uh, we went to go win the championship, I had uh, told her I wanted to bring a trophy back to uh, the Swainsboro so I can celebrate with her. We didn't get a chance to, so hopefully uh, this year, you know, we'll better do that. That's Dwight Howard uh, talking about his grandmother, and here's a little bit more of uh, his sharing his memories just on that side of things. We would go down there during the summer, and uh, actually, uh, she, I grew up playing basketball right outside of her house. My neighbor, well, her neighbor had put a basketball goal on a tree right outside in front of her house and um, go to her house, and we would play basketball, and she would just watch us all day. So, you know, I just, I remember that. I remember her telling me that she was so proud of me and happy for me and to see me play basketball. And she's watched me my whole career. She has almost every picture in her room of, you know, me growing up. And uh, that's, everyone was just telling me how much, you know, she loved me and how much I meant to her. I'm very thankful that, you know, she, she loved me so much. Despite having tons and tons of grandkids, she really took her time out with me. That's uh, Dwight Howard again speaking about his grandmother, and uh, one of the reporters asked him a fun question about, you know, because he's known for breaking a rim. He slam dunks the ball pretty hard. Even back when he was a kid, did he mess the mess the rim up when he was a kid playing in the street? I broke the goal at the house, um, so that's why they had to put it on a tree. It was a little bit more firm and stable, so that's why they put the basketball goal on the tree. And uh, she did. Uh, I, I I got my candy addiction, you know, from my uh, grandma. Uh, and my granddad, they would always bring me and my brother big buckets of candy every time we came out there. So while we were playing basketball, I would go grab some candy and uh, go back outside and play basketball all day. And she'll be the one that would give me the candy. So I won't forget that. That's the Sixers, Dwight Howard. One more clip for you. Just again, uh, at the end of the press conference today on the Zoom call. It was actually very little about basketball. It was mostly about life and honoring his grandmother, again, who passed at age 97. And uh, he would just ask, as he's joined the Sixers, Dwight Howard, uh, has he had to change the way he plays? And he talks about that for a second, and then he shifts over again to kind of the bigger picture. And uh, this is where he shares a little bit about, uh, you know, bigger bigger things than just basketball. The role has always been to just go out there and dominate and uh, affect the game on both ends of the floor, whether that be um, block shots, rebounds, scoring in the low post, uh, getting offensive rebounds, just doing whatever it takes to win. Um, I think last game I just I just kind of zoned out, you know, and that's why I was able to be as, I, I guess, effective, you know, as I was. And it's a very long season. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, by the time we get to the playoffs, I mean, better shape than I am now mentally, physically, and spiritually. But, you know, whatever coach needs me to do, whatever this team needs me to do, you know, I'm willing to do it. Um, again, I appreciate every single one of this, every single person in this organization, you know. Um, this has been, you know, a, you know, a crazy time. And uh, just to see the love and support, you know, from everyone here, you know, it means a lot. 
And, um, you know, I don't take that stuff for granted. You know, I've been around the league for a long time. I've been on a lot of teams. Um, and the love and support that I've gotten from everyone here, she makes me want to play harder. You know, makes me want to jump through even more walls, do whatever I can to help this team win. And, you know, so I'm very appreciative and thankful and grateful uh, to the most high for, you know, just blessing me with this opportunity to play with, you know, the 76ers. And, you know, I'm going to continue to give all I can, you know, not only for myself and my family and my grandma, but uh, for this team. It's Dwight Howard, again, of the Sixers on the Zoom call earlier today as they get ready to play this evening against Houston. They do want to get back to the winning ways, but it was neat to hear stories of his childhood and stories of respect for his grandmother and stories of uh, thankfulness to God for giving him an opportunity to be in the position that he is in and to not take for granted uh, the thing that's in front of him. And hopefully the same for each of us that we enjoy the day that God gives us today and are a blessing to those around us. We have a quick break, and then I want to play for you uh, some interview conversation we had with uh, Carmen, who you may very well know, uh, who passed away just, I think, yesterday at age 65 in Christian Music World for many years in movies and many other things, and just want to dedicate the rest of the program uh, to that. So hang on a second. We'll be right back. It's Tim DeMoss on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 448 in the Tim DeMoss Show. You may have heard that Carmen, Christian music singer and performer and lover of God, uh, just died. Uh, went to, you know, I say, prefer to say graduated. Graduated to glory in the last uh, day or so. He was in the Las Vegas hospital, had complications of surgery to repair a, a hernia of some sort, and uh, that's what happened. So I was able to actually dig around, and um, you know, he'd done all kinds of songs over the years. He did Revive Us, Oh Lord, he did Champion, um, he did this one, Mission 316, and uh, anyhow, I was able to find... Uh, a conversation I had with Carmen back in November of 2000. And this is just a bit of that conversation. He was born in Trenton, New Jersey. And so many people, I can just tell you this, when I was on Facebook last night, a lot of uh, Christian music friends, people in the music industry that I know, they were all very appreciative in one way or another. Whatever genre music, they they were connected to this guy uh, because of his commitment to excellence at his craft and also commitment to to the Lord. So this is the part of the conversation I had with Carmen. I want to just give you a taste of, of what this was about. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah. How are you? How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm wonderful. Nice to talk to a local guy. <laughs> I'm right over the uh, Trenton Makes the World Takes Bridge. I hear I hear that. That's it. And you're uh, doing a lot, as always. Well, you know, depends on who's evaluating. <laughs> How do you? Uh, how are you doing with everything that goes on? You're you're never one to kind of just sit around. You always have something going. Usually three or four or nine things at the same time. Um. Well. Are you holding um, up energy? Actually, on? for the past few years, I've been working um, and involved in film, so I've had some time off. Yeah. And um, and now we're back out on tour, so. Now things are starting to get busy again. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, last year, I think you had mentioned 
the board and your ministry had decided to just uh, take a time out from touring and right. focus on the film thing. What what uh, where has that been going, and what have you been up to with that specifically? Well, went out to California, studied acting, um, went to script writing school, and wrote a script. And we're doing a movie. It's a boxing movie called Heart of a Champion. Yes, and it's coming out in the spring to spring March, right around in there. Okay. So it turned out to be a fruitful time, but it just, you know, it took a while. Yeah. Well, as I think we had Steve Taylor on our show a couple of years ago. He said he realized how much time and money it takes to make even a bad movie. <laughs> and at the time, he was working on something and it's still not done. So I, you know, I, I can empathize with that. Did you have a particular reason why you were? I'm just curious. Um, what what struck you that that would be an even bigger platform for, from a film standpoint than than music, or just a different platform Christians aren't involved in? Well, that's part of the reason. Um, plus, it's, it's part of the arts that I think has been underdeveloped as far as the body of Christ um, being able to reach out to um, you know the the world system, yeah. infiltrate into the world system with something with a Christian value, a premise that uh, you usually don't see in films. I'm um, usually to see the the hero of the film is somebody who is somewhat living an immoral life or living a life that is contrary to scripture yeah. um, standards that are contrary to scripture so we wanted to do something that was going to make a difference for the gospel are you a boxing fan yourself? oh yeah big time so this would be a natural natural extension to that well in a way thing to be a fan is another thing to be in the ring yeah <laughs> of course the, with it well you wouldn't be a heavyweight but with the, how some divisions have gone it seems like just about anybody can get in there at some point well, I was a. Uh, we played part of a guy who was a former cruiserweight champion, which is 190 pounds. Okay. And um, I'm fighting a guy who is in, supposed to be supposed to be in that division. Okay. Very good. And so that's that's a piece of the conversation. I, I'm not going to have enough time to play as much of it as I'd like to. Uh, but maybe we'll try and slip that in in the near future. Is we don't have to rush. <laughs> but that's a little part of the converse, part of the conversation with Carmen from November two thousand. And uh, you know, also another name that popped to mind today, my friend Joyce. Hey, Joyce, how you doing? I'm good, Tim. How are you? Good. We have a few minutes left in the show, and uh, we know each other for a lot of years. You used to come to the yep. radio station and bring breakfast when Apologetics would come do their in studio <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Worked at Campbell Soup for years and always, you know, faithful mm-hmm. listener. And among other things, your church, um, did you guys not have, uh, have, and I've DJed for your church in the past, the church of Labor Day picnics. Um, and we had our farewell show at your church uh, when we yep. did the morning show yeah, back for in the apologetics. Yeah, in yeah. 2004. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but you had, um, well, you were going to have Carmen at your church last year, was it? A year before? Remind me. Yes. No, it was August of 2019. Okay. Um, um, our pastor saw it uh, online. Somebody had uh, in our church and said, Hey, have you seen this? That Carmen is going to churches. And all you have to do is contact his manager. And, you know, he's uh, just gone to smaller churches. He didn't want to go to great big venues. So the pastor contacted him, and before you knew it, you know, we were on the queue to, to have him at uh, our church. And it was it was really exciting because as soon as people all around, you know, we started 
posting on Facebook and on our website and stuff, and uh, people were just really excited uh, to see him in person. And I saw him, the first time I saw him in person was, oh, back in the 80s. My daughter and I flew to Dallas. Uh, He had a high praises conference for three days, and we saw him in person there. And, boy, what a showman. He, you know, was always knew how to put on a good show and just really bring the Word of God into it. And just, you know, he was just such a, had such a heart for God and for the lost. How was the how was the show that you guys had? It was different. different. Uh, well, he packed the place out, and it was fantastic. Uh, it was hard to believe, you know, that he's he's aged that much. Uh, but you know, while his uh, obituary says he's sixty five, I can't believe he's that old because he was still with the same energy, <laughs> the same enthusiasm. It was just, it was awesome. It was just really fantastic, and it was a two hour. Uh, concert, and so he was, and then afterwards, he's always real big with talking to everybody, and uh, people could get tickets ahead of time to uh, meet and greet. And you know, of course, we had a long line of people that did that. He had it set up down in our uh, basement, and people lined up, and he talked to each one of them individually, and you got to take your picture with him and everything, and yeah. he's just a very personable guy, and I just can't imagine what's going on in heaven today <laughs> with everybody that's been waiting there for him, that he had a part in bringing them to a knowledge of Christ. It's just, you know, yeah, awesome to think that he's had all those people to greet him. Yeah, that's great. Joy just had a heart for that. Yeah, for sure. Joyce, thank you for, for calling and just giving a little local color sure. to what happened, too, and uh, we'll hopefully catch up again soon. All right. Thank you, Joyce. Good. All right, that's okay. Joyce checking in from Jersey uh, where Carmen did a concert. I want to play one last clip for you here from an interview with, with Carmen back in November 2000. I asked him because he's done so many different things musically, ballads and, and kind of uh, big epic songs. If he had a particular favorite song uh, that he does. For me, it's whatever the people like. Okay. And whatever ministers to them the most, that's whatever I like to do. Okay. Because I, my goal is to, is to do something that will minister to people. And if I get out there and I feel like a song is flat or it feels old or I don't have a passion for it or for some reason it's not connecting or it's not ministering to people, then I lose my interest in it. Carmen, thank you very much for your time and uh, keep up the great work. You're doing solid work and we're glad to play your music and support you what you're doing. God bless you. Talk to you again. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, so that was the conversation, a little piece of it with Carmen back in November of 2000. And I wanted to play that clip for you because I thought it was fascinating. I hadn't remembered him saying that. But all the different things he did from the the, the showman stuff, the big fancy things, the the more just very clearly worshipful things, uh, all the different styles and, and tools he used, it that comment there really made it sound like, you know what? I just want to take all the different possibilities and reach people. And if it's not working, then I put it aside, do something else. And it sounds like, you know what, that's, that's a great way to think. Not like, oh, I did that. I have to stay with it the rest of my life. I, I'm okay dumping something as long as uh, it's helping bring people to the Lord. I want to you know, live that way and think that way and uh, hold loosely onto those things, right? So anyhow, a lot to jam into the show. Hope you enjoyed the program or the podcast up later on for you. Have a great evening. God bless you. 
Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.